0: Welcome to Telling Future Generations, the radio ministry of Child Evangelism Fellowship of Illinois. Now here's your host, Dr. Katrina Forseth, a missionary serving as State Director of CEF of Illinois. Hi, and thanks for listening to Telling Future Generations. Here is a spiritual axiom, a spiritual law that you can take to heart. If you're doing a spiritual work, you should expect spiritual attack because we are in a spiritual war. From Genesis three onward, beginning with the fall of man and the problem of sin, Satan, and death, all the way until the second coming of Christ, where God makes everything not just good again, but perfect, until then we as God's people are here to carry out for the Lord His spiritual work in the midst of a spiritual war, and we should expect nothing less than spiritual attack from our arch enemy, which is Satan. Over the past several weeks in our study of Nehemiah, we have been looking at the spiritual attacks that were launched against Nehemiah and God's people as they sought to do a spiritual work for the Lord by rebuilding the Jerusalem wall. As the wall went up, the spiritual attacks cranked up. In Nehemiah chapter 4, there was the external threat of mocking words and the external threat of physical attack it failed. In Nehemiah chapter 5, an internal threat broke out among the Jewish people, causing internal family disunity that almost brought the wall work to a screeching halt. But God intervened through his appointed leader, Nehemiah, and the work resumed. But when these external and internal attacks failed, do you think the enemy and their minions just gave up and walked away and decided to leave Nehemiah and the wall building project alone? No, the answer is no. Instead, in Nehemiah chapter 6, the spiritual attacks zeroed in and even intensified not on the people, but on their leader, Nehemiah. In Nehemiah chapter 6, Nehemiah faced three compounding personal attacks from his enemies, the attack of distraction and harassment, the attack of intimidation and slander, and the attack of the threat of murder and entrapment. First, there was the personal attack on Nehemiah of distraction and harassment. Nehemiah chapter six verses one through four tells us it says, Now it came to pass when Samballat and Tobiah and Geshem, the Arabian, and the rest of our enemies heard that I had builted the wall, and there was no breach left therein, though at that time I had not set up the doors upon the gates. Nehemiah said, that Samballat and Geshem sent unto me, saying, Come, let us meet together in some one of the villages in the plain of Ono. Nehemiah then says, But they thought to do me mischief, and I sent messengers unto them, saying, I am doing a great work, so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease? Why I leave it and come down to you? Yet they sent unto me four times after the sort, and I answered them after the same manner. You know, some people describe the situation that Nehemiah faced in chapter six as saying no to Ono. Oh, four times Nehemiah was asked to come down from off the wall and come to a meeting place in the plain of Ono, oh, but four times Nehemiah said affirm no to Ono. Oh, the personal text started out first just as a mere distraction, but then quickly ramped up and moved to harassment. Here are some of the spiritual takeaways, of the spiritual battle tactics that we can glean from Nehemiah in saying no to our oh no's. The first battle tactic is to say no to untrustworthy people. Nehemiah didn't have a sixth sense about him. He had the Holy Spirit and just plain old common sense. Nehemiah knew that these people inviting him to this pretend powwow, this conference in the plain of Ono, were untrustworthy people. They were not friends. They were foes. They had already proven themselves to be enemies. Nehemiah knew that these people were up to no good, no bueno, and saw only to do him mischief and harm. When you have a person who has already crossed the red line with you, and they've already shown their cards that they are willing to do anything to stop you, to throw a wrench in your spiritual work, or even to seek you harm, do not trust them. It's that old adage, that old saying, don't trust them farther than you can throw them. With people who are untrustworthy people, it's not just okay to say no, you have a biblical right to say no. In fact, it is wisdom to say no, say no to oh no to untrustworthy people. The second battle tactic is not only to say no to untrustworthy people, but also to say no to distractions. This includes saying no to anything that would distract you from your God-given mission. That's why Nehemiah said to them in verse 3, I am doing a great work, so I cannot come down. Why should the work cease? Why leave it and come down to you? You know, that is a great answer. You know, whatever it is that God has called you and equipped you to do, you need to do it with all your heart and not be distracted by yourself or distracted by others. It doesn't matter if you're a wife, mother, husband, father, grandma, grandpa, or a volunteer serving in your church or serving on mission in the community. We all wear many hats. You need to know what God has called you to do, and you need to stay focused on it and not come down from off your wall. Don't let others sidetrack you or demand things of you that would cause you to get off point and what God has placed on your heart to do. This isn't about servanthood. This is about growing in our discernment between the good, better, and the best, and at the same time learning to hold the line so we can say no to man and yes to God. We need to learn to say no to the distractions that arise from the land of no. The third battle tactic is not only to say no to untrustworthy people, to say no to distractions, but also to say no to harassment. The text tells us in Nehemiah chapter 6 that this ask to come to the plane of Ono didn't just occur one time, but four times. In other words, Nehemiah's pretend friends weren't taking no for an answer. This was no longer just a distraction here. This was harassment. Years ago, I learned a valuable lesson that I'm still learning today. Sometimes when you're dealing with a persistent person that you cannot reason with, and the encounter then turns a corner from conversation to elevated argumentation bordering on harassment, the best thing that you can do is to say a polite but firm no and walk away. Remember, we are in a spiritual battle and spiritual attacks come at us from all different sides, including from the ones that don't even look like to be a big deal at first. May the Lord give us his people discernment as with Nehemiah and teach us to say no to oh no. The second personal attack on Nehemiah was not only the attack of distraction and harassment, but also the personal attack of intimidation and slander. This second attack wasn't a new attack, but rather a pre-planned attack dug out from the enemy's old playbook. Years ago, the same tactic had worked before to stop the temple building work by making up lies and writing letters to the Persian king. The enemy was now desperate, and they decided to resort to the open letter scheme using intimidation and slander by threatening Nehemiah to report him directly to the king. Nehemiah chapter 6 verses 5 through 7 tells the account. Then sent Samballat his servant, unto me in like manner, the fifth time, with an open letter in his hand, wherein was written, It was reported among the heathen and Geshem, he saith it, that thou and the Jews think to rebel, for which cause thou buildest the wall, that thou mayest be their king according to these words. And thou hast also appointed prophets to preach of thee at Jerusalem, saying, There is a king in Judah, and now it shall be reported to the king according to these words. Come now, therefore, and let us take counsel together. You know, this is nothing but a pack of lies. This was nothing less than an intimidation tactic to put Nehemiah and the people in Jerusalem in fear by slandering the good name and slandering the good work of Nehemiah and building the wall that he was doing, not for himself, but for God. A few years ago, I was listening to a podcast by R.C. Sproul, one of my favorite Bible theologians, and he made the statement regarding the danger of slander. He said, our salvation in Christ can never be taken from us but our testimony can. He went on to say that if you're in a situation where your testimony for the Lord is being questioned or tainted, and there's no truth to it, you need to fight for it with all your might to call out the falsehood and speak the truth, because even though our salvation is secure, our testimony here on this earth is our platform for ministry. And that's exactly what Nehemiah did. He wasn't going to stand around or cower in a corner and be intimidated. Neither was he going to let these people slander his good name and slander his good work that he and the people were sought to do for the Lord. Nehemiah fought for it by doing two things. Number one, he called out the lies. Number two, he turned fear into faith by turning the situation over to the Lord in prayer. First, Nehemiah called out the lies. They had an open letter publicly, so Nehemiah had an open response publicly. In verse 8, Nehemiah said to them, There are no such things done as you say, but you faintest them out of your own heart. In other words, he was saying, you're just making this up out of your own head, out of your own mind. Second, Nehemiah turned fear into faith by turning the situation over to the Lord in prayer. In verse nine, Nehemiah says, for they all made us afraid, saying their hands shall be weakened from the work that it be not done. Then Nehemiah turned to the Lord and prayed, now, therefore, our God, strengthen my hands. You know, there are many times when fear stares down at us and even paralyzes us. So we're unable to even think, work or move. It is then like Nehemiah that we need to turn fear into faith and turn to the Lord and ask him for help and to strengthen our hands to do his work. You know, there's another spiritual axiom, a spiritual law that we need to take to heart. Spiritual work and spiritual attack go together because we are in a spiritual war. That is true. But have you ever wondered why God allows spiritual attacks to happen to his people, especially when we're engaged in doing a spiritual work for the Lord? There are probably many answers that can be gleaned from all scripture, but there is one clear answer here that comes from Nehemiah chapter 6, particularly verse 9, and that is to make us spiritually strong and dependent upon the Lord. The enemy, through the spiritual attack, wants to weaken our hands to stop our spiritual work, but God, through the spiritual attack, desires only to strengthen our hands so we can complete the work by causing us to be dependent all the more on him. That's why Nehemiah prays, Oh God, strengthen my hands. The third personal attack on Nehemiah in chapter six is the threat of murder and entrapment. Everything that the enemy had tried to do to stop Nehemiah failed. The attack of distraction, harassment, fail. The attack of intimidation, slander, fail. The only thing left for the enemy was to attempt to either kill Nehemiah or get him to sin, which is exactly what is what they tried. Nehemiah chapter 6 verses 10 through 14 tells the rest of the story. But basically, to summarize, the evildoers hired a prophet to prophesy to Nehemiah about the attempted murder plot from his enemies, but the whole thing was just a ploy to put Nehemiah in fear. They wanted to lure Nehemiah to come into the holy temple, into the sanctuary, and to shut the doors to protect his life. The enemies knew it was absolutely forbidden by God's law for Nehemiah, who was not a priest, to enter into the temple. But they reasoned, well, if we can't get him, then let God get him and he'll be disqualified for service. But Nehemiah saw right through their scheme. Nehemiah said, should such a man as I flee to save his life, I will not go in. They're just trying to put me in fear and do so and sin. The bottom line is that all these personal attacks launched against Nehemiah by the enemy failed miserably. Why? Because Nehemiah said a resounding no to man and yes to God. It is here that Nehemiah reminds me of Martin Luther, the Protestant Reformation leader. When Luther was dragged 500 years ago before the council and was being forced to recant at the threat of his own life, Luther, after some time to ponder his response, came back with a resounding no to man and yes to God. Luther said, my conscience is held captive to the word of God. I cannot and will not recant for to go against conscience is neither right nor safe. So help me God, here I stand. You know, this is the ultimate spiritual tact that the enemy can aim at us. But when the choice is made clear between God and man or God and even our own life, and our response is a resounding no to man and yes to God, the enemy has nothing left. Between Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 14 and Nehemiah 6, verse 15, there is nothing but space and silence. But then Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 15 says simply this, So the wall was finished in 52 days. Even Nehemiah's enemies knew that this wasn't Nehemiah's doing or the people's doing this work of the wall. This was God's doing because this was God's work from beginning to end. When you are engaged in spiritual work and spiritual attacks come your way, do not be dismayed, but simply turn to the Lord, turn fear into faith, and ask him to strengthen your hands to do his work. And even if the enemy doubles down and pulls out their final card, do not be moved. Stand strong in the Lord and say a resounding no to man and yes to God, and then pray, so help me God, here I stand. Thanks again for listening to Telling Future Generations as we continue on our journey through Nehemiah. We hope you join us again next week. Thank you for joining us today for Telling Future Generations, the radio ministry of Child Evangelism Fellowship of Illinois. To learn how you can partner with Child Evangelism Fellowship to reach children in your community, please call 309-688-9699 or visit cefofillinois.com. Please join us again next week at the same time for telling future generations I don't want so tell me